RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson. We'll be joined by Greg Hopkins shortly. It is fight week here in East Tennessee. We're getting ready for Valor 57. It's going down this Friday night, the Cotton Eye Joe uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Looking forward to that. We've got a couple of the participants on that card. Uh, we'll be talking to here shortly, as well as a recap of UFC Philly and then a preview and the always anticipated picks panel for this weekend's Valor 57. Justin, how's it going, my man? You ready for uh, you ready for another fight week, man? You're, uh, you'll be uh, you'll be in one of the judges' chairs as always. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, had a long weekend, got to get away for a little bit, so just back to work for a couple of days, then get to watch some people punch each other in the face. That's always nice, always nice. Well, before we get to talking about uh, about uh, our, our preview, we've got a couple interviews we want to knock out here, and we're going to talk to both ends of the amateur co-main event. It's uh, Emery Norred taking on Carter Beekman in that welterweight bout, and we're going to go ahead and get Emery Norred on the line here first. We have got one half of our featured welterweight amateur contest coming up this Friday night at Valor 57. He'll be taking on Carter Beekman. Joining us now is Emery Norred. Emery, how is it going this evening? Uh, it's been going good, man. I just got done with my last workout. I'm right on weight, so it's all good. Very good. nice. Well, you know, this yeah. we, we, we drop these things on Thursday morning. So uh, just, you know, when our listeners are hearing this, you'll be right in the process of going through weigh-ins, getting ready for uh, th- that final uh, that final push to to the actual uh, the prize, you know, which is the fight on Friday. And you're going to be taking on Carter Beekman. You know, uh, before we, we get into that, uh, you know, this being your first time on the Valor Hour, we like to let our listeners get a little bit of a backstory uh, on the fight. And uh, you know you're two and zero welterweight coming out of uh, uh, Chet Blaylock's uh, Blaylock's IMB there in the Chattanooga area. Uh, give our listeners a bit of your backstory and how you got into into MMA. Uh, yeah, I'm from Chattanooga. I played four years of football at UTC, uh, and I was just kind of getting out of college football, still wanted to compete, so I got into MMA. And uh, yeah, three years later, here I am. Uh, yeah, I started training uh, uh, like in the off season when I was in football, so. I go do my football workouts and go do my MMA workouts. So I had a pretty full day, but I've been committed more time to MMA now, so I'm feeling good. Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned you played football there at UTC, uh, you know, and you've been training, you know, like you mentioned in your offseason. So even though you just made your amateur debut last July, so you haven't even, you know, actually competing uh, out there in the cage officially for even a, a year yet at this point. But you've been training now for, for a bit longer than that. You know, talking to your coaches, you're a guy that they've uh, you're kind of one of those blue chip prospects that they, they know has been kind of waiting in the wings. And I'm sure football probably uh, frowned upon you, uh, you know, competing in the cage when uh, that would be a potential liability for for the team. So you're even though you've only got a couple fights under your belt less than a year in, you you have been training, you know, for a good bit longer than, than most that would only have a couple fights. Right. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, 
I was on full scholarship when I was playing football, so it was a big liability. But uh, I wrestled before that, so, you know, I've been around something like it, I guess, my whole life, so. Um, well, now, you mentioned yeah. that you... You mentioned that you wrestled. You wrestled at Baylor. Uh, I see that, you know, you're a state placer. Uh, you know, do, do you feel like that gave you kind of a, a nice base? You know, most of the time uh, I feel like I, it, that, that wrestlers have that a uh, little bit of a leg up on most that are that are getting into MMA. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think just the mentality you take from wrestling is probably the biggest difference is getting up and used to training every day and being our other guy is training being serious about that, you know. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Definitely instills a little work ethic in you. So, you know, and it's it's funny that, you know, we're talking about your wrestling background, but it shows already that, you know, you're well-rounded. If you look at your fights, you're winning your fights by knockout, including landing a really nice head kick against Joe Boer last time we saw you in the Valor Cage, which was uh, in August of last year. Uh, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. I like to put any labels to win this match. I take what I can take. I guess. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to throw it over to Greg here uh, for for a question. Uh, Greg is from down your neck of the woods there. You know, Greg's in that Chattanooga region. He's familiar as well with your opponent, Carter Beekman. Uh, Greg, what you got for Emory tonight? Uh, just, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Emory the same question I'm going to ask Carter. What's your prediction for the fight, and where do you think you stand with the advantage in the fight? Where do you, where, you know, where, I mean, just let me know how you think. You can talk a little shit if you want to. What do you want to say about it? Uh, I, I, I never have a prediction. You know, I always play the fifth on that one. I don't like to give any spoilers away, but um, I, I'm comfortable for wherever it goes. You know, I think my biggest thing is just my versatility and I just uh, ability to adjust. That's what I'm looking to do, I guess. We know. All right, then. You know, Carter is going to be, in my opinion, probably your your stiffest test is when it comes to um, athletic ability, uh, comparably speaking to your first couple of opponents. Now, your last opponent, Joe Boer, uh, solid ground technician, good purple belt on the ground. But uh, I think Carter uh, brings a, a little bit more explosiveness, if you will. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I, I just look at it as the next fight. You know, it's uh... – I always assume my opponent could be, uh, you know, Deion Sanders or he could be a Senchai or he could be Floyd Mayweather. You never know what you're going to get in there, you know. So uh, I don't try to put too much thought in that. I just try to, you know, do my thing. So where do you, so what do you what is you know what is you know before we let you get some shout outs here what what would you say are your your goals here with this with this MMA thing you know you're a football player that uh, has you know you've ran your course through college uh, you know four years there you, you've got that itch to stay competitive is this something that you want to take to the next level eventually turn professional uh, or is this something that you know you're just kind of doing to stay in shape and, and scratch that itch? I don't know I'm a, I'm always trying to climb. You know, as more as I can, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd like to make a little name for myself as best as I can. Uh, just move up, take what I can take, get what I can get and all that, you know. Uh, I mean, have a set goal. I just kind of want to, you know, let the adventure take me where it takes me, <laughs> I guess, to an extent. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just want to take it as far as I can take it. And uh, talk a little bit about some of your training for this one, uh, you know, some of the guys that have been getting you ready. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I got three other guys on the card I've been preparing with. Uh, Odell, uh, Andrew, and uh, Tanner. Yeah, all three of them. I'm looking sharp. We've been getting ready. Been down there at uh, Blaylock, you know. 
it's got to be a lot a lot more enjoyable having three teammates uh, and we you know we spoke to Andrew kind of about this same thing last week having three teammates go through the through the process with you the you know cutting the weight and and just going through the ringer oh yeah definitely it's definitely easier when you have people to go you know sit there with you cut weight with you train to be the smart with you and they kind of understand a little bit what you're going through but yeah definitely definitely helped a lot they're all good at uh partners i think they're all ready to go so <clears throat> Absolutely. We're really excited to see all you guys throw down here in just a couple days. I'm going to let you have uh, a minute to, to give some shout outs where they're due. Any kind of uh, training partner, sponsor, love you want to give, uh, I'll let you have the floor. Okay. Yeah, I just want to shout out to all my Blaylocks family, uh, all my coaches, uh, training partners, everybody's in there. You know, uh, uh, yeah, pretty much it. Just all my training partners, all my coaches, all my friends, be at the fight. Uh, yeah, that's it. Once again, this has been rising welterweight prospect undefeated. Emory Norad, he's looking to keep that O intact this Friday night at Valor 57 at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Make sure you check it out. You can be there live. It is a scene unlike anything else. If you can't be there live, it'll be on Flow Combat. So make sure you check it out. Thanks so much for the time, Emory. Best of luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, up next on the line, we've got the other half of your amateur co-main event coming up this weekend at Valor 57 at the Cotton Eye Joe. Another undefeated prospect, we've got welterweight Carter Beekman joining us. Carter, how's it going tonight? It's going great. How's everybody doing? Ah, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. It's fight week, so we're pumped up. And, you know, when, when we get to do these uh, fight week preview shows, we, it gets everybody kind of like zoned in. So everybody's everybody's stoked. We're excited for your fight. It's one of the ones that I've kind of got started is one that's going to be, you know, a lot of action. Uh, you know, you're, you're undefeated coming into this. You won your debut uh, going on the road up to Johnson City uh, last year and got the finish. Uh, but before we get into this fight coming up, I want to let you have an opportunity to give a bit of a background on yourself to our listeners that aren't familiar with you. Uh, a bit of your background and how you got into this whole MMA shindig. Uh, back in high school and middle school, I wrestled for a few years. Um, I wrestled at 170, so I've always stuck around this weight. I uh, did a few street fights, and then I decided to actually take it to the cage and test my skills out, and my debut worked out for me. Um, I'm pretty diverse everywhere around. I can stand. I can do a little jujitsu, but my main, my main strong point is wrestling. Uh, just yeah, just some ground and pound, and just like a Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and I'll tell you, man, uh, if, if if anybody saw your debut, uh, you went in there and you fought Aaron Phillips, a guy that you know had a good bit more experience than you, and you went into his backyard, and man, you the you showed that ground and pound. I remember it because it, it was vicious, it was heavy. I mean, you know, the the blows you were landing from the top were vicious. And Aaron's no pushover. You know, Aaron's a tough guy. He's kind of known kind of honestly as being like the same kind of thing you know like Aaron's kind of known to have like really heavy ground and pound himself so like that was a really impressive debut against a guy there's no slouch and you're uh, you're stepping it up again here uh coming up here this weekend you're going to be taking on another undefeated guy he's 2 and 0 uh that said you guys really have got you know, near the same amount of in cage uh, experience because he debuted uh, after you did. Actually, he just got two fights in really quickly. Uh, you're taking on Emory Norred, and uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, about uh, you know what we can expect. Uh, you know, uh, for this one, you know, uh, this is this one is going to be another step up. Uh, you're higher up on the card for this one. Uh, I guess the guy that's a solid athlete that wrestled as well. I'm definitely going to be uh, approaching this with an aggressive style. 
because I know he's a Muay Thai fighter and he loves to throw those kicks and lead off his kicks with punches. So I definitely have to set the pace up and try to take him to the ground early and uh, just maul him pretty much, uh, ground to pound. Um, try not to get gassed out, you know. And if it does come to our feet, then I guess we have to get inside to avoid the leg kicks and just body, body, head, head, and try to put him to sleep early. Now, Greg, you're familiar with both of these guys. Greg, uh, one of my co-hosts here, is from the same uh, area, same region down there in Chattanooga. And it's a shame we're not doing this fight in Chattanooga because I think it'd be even bigger. Uh, Greg, what, what have you got for uh, for Carter tonight? Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. It is a shame it's not happening here in the home the home heart of Chattanooga because and, uh, I, I, I think a lot of people want to see this one around here, but they're not going to get to unless they come up to Cotton Eye Joe's. But, uh, uh, yeah, this has got my vote for a fight of the night. Probably almost guarantee it. And uh, I was just curious to anything that you may have uh, changed up or maybe, like, wanted to, you know, fix between the last time and now because it's been a while since we've seen you in the cage. What have you been working on? What have you been doing? Uh, any changes in your life? What's been going on, man? Uh, here recently I've been just uh, doing some boxing training with my father and working out, the, working out a core one gym. And then I branched out to Killer Bees, you know, thanks to you. And uh, I got some really good training up there. Got to learn a little bit of Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu to set my, my stand-up game. And then uh, here recently I've been just trying to run and get my cardio up and focus on wrestling with my dad and a couple buddies to, you know, knock the rust off a little bit. All righty, man. I feel you, dude. I feel you. Well, um, hell, I'm excited about this fight, Tim. Like, shit. Yeah, I, I am too, man. This is, one yeah. this is one that I, that you know, at the end of the night, we always kind of give our take on, you know, what do we think is going to be the fight of the night? What are we the most pumped for? And this one, I, I'll, I'll spoil it early for my end. This has got my vote, man. This is this is going to be really good. You know, and I, I'm excited for the start of it in Silas Reynolds' fight, too. But this one this one really is one that I have a hard time seeing it sucking. Any, either way that it goes, neither one of these guys is going to have an easy, an easy night. You know, whoever gets this one, I think, is going to really have to earn it. Um, um, Carter, uh, but before we let you go, I want to let you give some some shout outs where they're due. Uh, and well, no, before we get, I got one more before this, before we get to that, because I, I always like to ask these the rising prospects, you know, that are that are coming up. You know, what are your goals, uh, you know, for this this whole thing, for this uh, for this MMA journey? Is this something that you've got aspirations of, of trying to become a professional? Uh, or is it something that you're just uh, kind of treating as a hobby? Uh, I'm going to see how far I can take it as of right now. Um, I mean, this is my second fight, and so far I'm loving it. I'm enjoying the training. I've had a really good camp, no injuries. Um, I'm just trying to test my, test my physical ability to see as much as I can do. And uh, just, I promise that I won't, I won't disappoint you guys. This is going to be definitely a hell of a fight, and hopefully I can come out with a victory <laughs> in the first round. Want to let you have a moment to give some shout outs where they're due. Uh, any training partner, love, sponsor, love, family, friends, anybody you want to shout out, I'll let you have the, I'll let you have the mic. I uh, definitely want to shout out my dad. He definitely uh, stepped it up a lot and helped me with my boxing game. You know, you know, he had to work, deal with the children. So shout out to my my dad, Mike. Um, shout out to Killer Bees. You know, David Robbins. He helped me. He helped me in my Muay Thai, my Jiu Jitsu, my wrestling. And you know, shout out to Greg right there with you. He he worked with me just a tad, showed me some few things to adjust and everything. So I feel like I've had a good training camp. Everybody's helped me out. I'm I'm amped. I'm ready to go. And uh, I just I promise you guys, I will not disappoint. 
Once again, this has been Rising Welterweight Prospect, the undefeated Carter Beekman. Just like Emory Norad that we spoke with earlier, he's trying to keep that O intact this weekend at Valor 57, the Cotton Eye Joe. Make sure you check it out live in person if you can. If you can't, it'll be live on flowcombat.com. Thanks so much for the time, Carter. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys soon. All right. Thanks so much to our guests for joining us tonight ahead of their clash this weekend. Let's move on now to our UFC on ESPN. There's so there's so much in these titles. The, it was the UFC on ESPN two, but it was the first one ever on ESPN two. And I don't think it. And I only think it was on ESPN two. I think I watched it on regular ESPN. Now that I think about it. But anywho, it was in Philadelphia, damn it, and it was pretty crazy card. Uh, it was uh, UFC Fight Night one fifty for those keeping track and. Uh, Man, we, we we had our DraftKings contest on here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna recap that, and we're gonna recap the card as a whole. Uh, it all started off uh, with the uh, ESPN Plus prelims, and we had uh, three bouts, and they all went to a decision, and uh, nobody was putting up any kind of crazy DraftKings numbers early. Uh, Alex Perez takes a pretty dominant decision over Mark De La Rosa, uh, puts up 77 points or so, nothing nothing too crazy, but uh, for, you know compared to his salary, but a pretty pretty darn good uh, performance from Alex Perez, really dominant. Uh, De La Rosa really had a hard time with that move up to 135. You could tell he's he he looked like a flyweight. Uh, then we saw uh, Marina Moroz uh, pull off the slight upset over Sabina Mazo. The undefeated uh, uh, Mazo was the was a, a fairly. Uh, I, can't, I feel like she was uh, she was in the mid to high eight thousand dollar range. Uh, nobody really liked her uh, in this fight. I remember for DraftKings purposes, but uh, Moroz takes the unanimous decision and, uh, and uh, Mazo falls to six and one. Um, and then Casey Kinney was uh, the, one of the biggest underdogs on the whole card. And it was a guy that a lot of us liked on here. So uh, if you took our advice last week and took Casey Kinney, who was the, the lowest price, uh, the lowest price fighter, once again, at like 68, 6,900, takes a unanimous decision over Ray Borg. Um, didn't put up just crazy points with it, but he definitely returned value at 68, 6,900. And, and if you took him, you saved the salary that you needed to to take about anybody else you wanted. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Greg first. Your thoughts on these first uh, three prelims? Uh, anybody stick out to you? Uh, did you uh, did you ride with Casey Kinney? I, I did rub with Casey Kinney, and I was happy he won. Uh, a lot of people, I didn't even get to see that fight. I still didn't even get to see the highlights of that fight, but a lot of people told me he got that Ray Borg got robbed of that fight. Am I it was wrong? close. Because I've, is it close? I'm not really sure. I still have yet to see that fight. Uh, and uh, I missed the Alex Perez fight, but I also had him. I had action with him, too, on my uh, on my DK lineup. But, uh, yeah, I'm out of, you know, I, out of the first three fights, I had two fighters, so I was, like, running that Savage race this weekend, and I was like, I think I was like two and a half miles in, still had like whatever left, and um, like damn UFC starting right now. <laughs> but I was I wasn't finishing any sooner. I still had like four and a half miles to go. I was like some bitch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, once I got in the car, I was like, I looked at my little uh, fifteen dollar lineup, and I was winning like eight hundred dollars. I said, son of a bitch, because I had Alex Perez and and I had Casey Kenny, and I was like, dude, I said I'm about to win thirty thousand dollars, no shit, because the lineup I had was solid. But uh, fell apart there in the last few fights. But not. 
Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these early prelims? Uh, anything stick out to you? There were nobody, nobody put up any kind of crazy scores. It had me thinking it was going to be one of those nights where it was, you know, it was going to be hard to attain one of those those big numbers. Yeah, it was tough getting into it after during these first three fights. Uh, Casey Kenny and Ray Borg, like you said, that was a close fight. I think the the transitions and escapes maybe is what pulled it out. Ray Borg had a ton of takedowns. Uh, um, so I don't know. That was a close fight, but I'm glad Casey Kenny won. He, he got me on the books and on DraftKings. Yeah, no doubt. That was one that uh, that hopefully everyone uh, took advantage of. Everyone, everyone liked that one. I, I'm always happy whenever when we nail those. Uh, moving on to the preliminary card that was televised on ESPN. It was Kevin Holland taking a very close split decision over Gerald Mearshart. Uh, that one, that one was really close too. Uh, again, we didn't see. Um, it didn't seem like we saw just a ton of points put up um, yeah, by by any uh, by anyone in this one. Kevin Holland, in fact, uh, Justin and I were conversating. Kevin Holland put up seventy point five, so seventy and a half uh, DK points with the win uh, and the decision. Win was worth, you know some of those points and Mearshart accumulated 72 points with the loss. Uh, so, you know, I guess you can't always, you know, the, the, the fight scored by round. So that doesn't necessarily tell the tale of the fight. I understand. Um, the, uh, the next one was another decision. Kevin Aguilar gets unanimous decision over Enrique Barzola. Aguilar was a guy that I liked, uh, quite a bit last week. Um, he wasn't a whole lot of, uh, it wasn't, a, again, it wasn't a whole lot of, uh, of points put up though. You know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a really high number of uh, DK points uh, put up there uh, by either guy. And, and it was another one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I think he put up, yeah, he put up 59, 59 points in the decision win. And so, you know, I'm winning these fights, but I'm not putting up huge points, uh, but, it, but no one is. And at this point I'm thinking it's going to take a, a low score to, or not a real high score to win. And then especially uh, going into this next fight, Des Green versus Ross Pearson, which I would have probably gauged to be a decision win for Green, but he proves me wrong and gets a, a big TKO over Ross Pearson. And uh, Des Green was another pretty pretty uh, pricey uh, value there that I didn't really like, to tell you the truth. But he ended up delivering good value, and that, that put me on the slide starting right there. Um, we finished out the prelims with uh, Marina Rodriguez taking a unanimous and bloody decision over Jessica Aguilar, who, uh, man, that was painful to watch at times. Aguilar was showed a lot of toughness, a lot of grit. But, man, she got her ass kicked, uh, you know, in that fight. It was it was uh, it was whew, it was really one sided. Um, and let's see here if I can find uh, the score here. Rodriguez put up 104 points, so pretty good numbers uh, for a decision win, and uh, and she delivers uh, pretty solid value. You probably needed her to be on the on the winning side uh, of things in DraftKings. Justin, your thoughts on the prelim? Yeah, so I, I had Mearshart. Um, I thought he won the fight, but I, like you said, I still did better on points by taking him than if, than if I would have taken Holland. Um, the Barzola and Aguilar fight, you know, Barzola had like some crazy takedown um, accuracy percentage, and I don't think he landed any. He shot like 30 times, but Aguilar kept stuffing him, and so just kind of stayed on his feet, and you just don't score that many points unless it's a five-round fight where they're setting, you know, significant strike record. You just don't, don't score that many points on the feet that much, it doesn't seem like. Um, Des Green shocked me too. I didn't, I, I, I figured he'd win the fight, but I just I didn't think he was going to get the knockout that early, but he, he scored me more points than anybody that night. So 
that worked out. The Aguilar just got walked through. That was that was that was bloody, man. Uh, Morena's elbows. She was just just trying to cut her open as much as she could could to get the ref to stop it. I think, but Aguilar stuff as nails, and you know she stayed in there the whole time. Greg, your thoughts? Uh, I also had Mirshart on my uh, on my DraftKings rolling, and I thought he also got robbed of that fight. Uh, Aguilar and Brazil. I didn't watch that one. The uh, the Desmond Green fight. I did get to see that one in the car on the way home. Um, but yeah, that was. I was also surprised with that. Didn't think that we were going to get that many DraftKings points off of Green. And uh, damn. Rodriguez, like that whole – that the, that's the beginning of that fight where that uh, Aguilar got kicked in the eye, right, like two seconds into the fight, and I thought they were going to stop the fight j- just because of that. And uh, is that is that the same fight we're talking about? Yeah, it happened. She was she was busted open pretty much off the rip. Oh, she got her ass kicked. But, like, I'm saying, like, yeah, I was pissed off because I was almost going to take Rodriguez on my, on, my, uh, on my account, but I was just sitting there looking at the, uh, the over and under – uh, values at Vegas, and I was like, "Damn, this this is going to go to a decision. I don't think we're going to get a finish here, so I'm not going to play either one of them. But if I was going to play one, it would have been uh, Rodriguez. And I was mad at myself, but at first I was like, kind of, kind of snickering to myself. I was like, "Haha, Justin's bitch just got fucked in the first like five seconds." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I, then I was like, "Damn, I spoke way too fucking soon and counted my eggs and shit." And then next thing I know, she's putting up a hundred, what six, fifteen, seventeen points. I was like, "God damn it." Uh, but yeah, that was huge. That's huge that night for Rodriguez. You know, that said, Aguilar still put up more points than probably, <laughs> I'd say, probably, I'd say at least, she put up more points than at least six, about probably six other people. <laughs> That's what's oh crazy. my God, yeah. She, she still put up like 30. You know, uh, even in a losing effort, I, I actually had one lineup where I where I had or I, I had no other choice but to throw her in, and um, yeah, it still didn't work out for me. Anyway, uh, moving on to the the main card, uh, a fight that a lot of people were excited about. I thought that we might get a knockout here. We did not. We got almost got one towards the end. Sadiq Youssef takes a unanimous decision win over Shimon Marais. It was back and forth. It was really close. But uh, Yusuf had a knockdown in the last round that probably sealed the deal for him. Uh, moves to nine and one. <clears throat> a lot of people had Yusuf. Uh, I'm positive on their contest, and uh, he only put up 79 and a half points, so he didn't quite hit the value that you needed him to hit. Uh, Paul Craig did though, <laughs> and uh, he gets a, a third round submission. Triangle choke with about 40 seconds left to go in the fight after getting his ass kicked for, you know, 14 minutes and 20 seconds of the fight, just like he did uh, against the Russian, that Ankalaev guy that he he hit the submission on with like one second to go, if you guys remember that. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah, I had uh, I had Kennedy uh, Jakubu. I'm just going to call him Kennedy from here out, but I'm never going to call him again, that's for sure. Uh, he's <laughs> – he's man, that was uh, – that guy's really green. Um, you know, it's obvious he's a specimen. He's, you know, he's got he's got the physical tools, but his fight IQ is lacking, and and really uh, showed that he may not be ready for this level. Uh, he was really expensive on DraftKings, and um, you know, um, I think a lot of people expect him to go in there and just you know bulldoze this guy and get and get a big uh, first round knockout. But he only gets twenty three freaking points. So even if even if he had stuck out the last 40 seconds without managing to get submitted he still would have only put up about maybe 
40, 50 points, you know, uh, not a good DraftKings play for his, uh, for his salary. Paul Craig definitely paid off. It's one of those ones where it's like, this guy keeps winning fights, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you got a, it's a white knuckle ride getting there, you know? Uh, and then Michelle Watterson gets a slight upset victory with the unanimous decision win over Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on these first three. Yeah, that yeah. Paul Craig got his value worth off there. And uh, I wasn't snickering, though, for you on this one because I was like, I thought that was going to, I thought he was going to knock uh, Paul Craig out in the first second. But <laughs> I know, man, you exchanged some words about Kennedy the whole time. <laughs> 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 but, uh, hell, my, my, my mom doesn't even watch watch MMA. She doesn't even like it. But she walked by when, uh, when Michelle Watterson was fighting and she's like, who's that little, my mom's a little lady. So she's like, who's that little girl fighting? Like that's, that's the, Michelle Watterson, you know, and then she actually got into it and watched, uh, the last, you know, the, she came in the end of the first and then started watching the second and third and got, she actually got excited for once. So that speaks volumes about that fight. Uh, you saw if I like that, uh, Nigerian guy, that was pretty sweet. That was a pretty sweet little fight. It was a close one though. It, I mean, it wasn't, it really was until that last third, that third round knockdown right there at the end. That's when he secured the win right there. Oh yeah, that uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed that, that main slate right there, beginning ever. Justin, yeah, man, Sadiq worried me there in the beginning. I, you know, the whole fight really it was it was a close fight. Shaman's good. Uh, I thought Sadiq was going to be just a, a couple steps ahead of him though, and Marias made it a close fight. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I think that that final knockdown is what sealed it for him. But you didn't really know before that. Paul Craig, man, that that one's that's where my my whole thing started to blow up. I was sitting really pretty at this point. I was like three fights in, and like 385 points or something. I was sitting really high, and then I lost it from from here on out. Kennedy started my night out bad, but. Michelle Watterson, that was a fun fight to watch. It was I, that was an upset to me for sure. I thought Carolina was gonna be able to handle her, and Watterson, you know, controlled the whole fight. It was pretty dominant performance. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and uh, that brought us to our, our feature bout. It was Josh Emmett taking on Michael Johnson. I I was all over Michael Johnson here. Felt like it was uh, felt like it was a pretty solid safe pick. And uh, he was winning, man. He, he won the first two rounds. Third round, though, it, uh, Josh Schmidt uh, catches him with a big overhand right. And uh, it, it was, man, less than a minute left to go in a fight that Emmett needed to finish, and he got it. Uh, gets the, the the knockout over Michael Johnson there in the third round. And, and at this point, my lineup was all the shit, and I and it was it was obvious that I wasn't I wasn't going to cash. Uh, that brought us to the <laughs> co-main event, um, and. Another one that <laughs> that I was on the wrong side of. I was on David Branch, and he got choked in less than a minute by Jack Hermanson. And I I I, I don't think a lot of people probably would have picked Hermanson by submission here. I think that maybe people could have seen him winning a decision or even a knockout, but uh, I doubt people thought that he was going to submit David Branch in 49 seconds. But he did, and he put up big uh, big finish points with it. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these two? Hermanson, that that was insane. I mean, you're talking about you know a, a super high level black belt. I think he's a black belt under Henzo uh-huh. branch branches, and like you know, like you said, that's the last thing that I pictured. I was hoping for that from from Branch, right? But uh, 
I think I even said that. I, I think before the fight came up, I think I told you I need a quick submission here. And then Hermanson locked it in like right away. And I was like, oh, shit, not this way. Right. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, that, 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 I, I don't know. That totally caught me off guard. Um, Josh Emmett, I, I knew that that was going to be a threat. I stayed away from that fight. I thought that Michael Johnson had it, but I know Josh Emmett's just got a lot of power and he's going to be in there until the end. Michael Johnson's got some weird footwork he's he's quick but if you ever watch his feet when he's when he's moving there's just something awkward about like the way he, the way that he moves and uh he's he stood right there for that big right hand and man he was he was asleep quick oh yeah and this was a this was a card that started out you know the the first half of the card was all decisions and then like the last half we started getting like really crazy finishes greg your thoughts on uh, josh emmett and jack hermanson uh, fuck Josh Emmett. Uh-huh. I'm listening. I'm just telling you, man. Like, I don't know if you just have, you know, one gun that you take to a fight and you just hold that bullet, hold that <laughs> bullet to the end. I don't know. That's just how I was just like, Michael Johnson's got this. I started breathing easy there at the end. I started breathing easy. I was like, we got one minute left. I said, just glide through. You, you obviously definitely won every round. Just, just to pay him. I was like, and then I was just like, oh, God, doubt. oh, man. I was like, fucking idiot. Like, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. And anyways, and then uh, David Branch, I actually liked the value on David Branch, but uh started watching a lot of highlights of uh, Hermanson, and I was like, you know something? I think that Hermanson is going to knock David Branch out because David Branch has been prone to being knocked out too before. So I was like, uh, you know, but little, I didn't know he was going to, submit him either but i had hermanson and i had michael johnson and johnson got got just just i mean slept there at the end that was a horrible horrible shot from josh Emmett. it was disgusting oh it was mean and then hermanson with that with that that early submission in 49 seconds that was ridiculous like uh, but i had had both of those favorites there and uh lost one lost a lot of that one on michael johnson which even he wasn't even scoring a whole lot of points either so i'm just like the hell no, it wasn't. But, he wasn't. Yeah. That fight wasn't the action fight that I'd hoped for. The main event was, though, and it was a crazy one. Uh, Justin Gaethje, a lot of uh, – he was pretty chalky. A lot, of, a lot of people owned Justin Gaethje, it looked like. He was a great prize for any. You knew that, you know, you're going to probably get – you know, uh, he's either going to live by the sword or die by the sword. He's going out, you know, unconscious or knocking somebody out. And uh, he knocked Edson Barboza straight the fuck out. And it was, uh, it was awesome. I, I did, I did. We all won on that one. I think I can't remember if one of us maybe took Barboza, but um, it was too little too late in my case, but a big win for Justin Gaethje for sure. Justin. Yeah. I stayed away from uh, Barboza and Gaethje. Um, yeah. I said last week that the thing about like Barboza striking is far superior to Gaethje's, but the thing is that Barbosa has to have some room. He has to have a little bit of space to work and, and to counter off of. And Gaethje's just running you down like a bull throwing, throwing punches the whole time. So when you're, you know, if you're constantly backpedaling, you know, you, you, he just can't ever get anything off. And he took a couple steps back and dropped his hands and thought he was out of range. And Gaethje just lunged at him with a huge right hand and looked just like Michael Johnson, man, just asleep, falling like a soldier. Greg, your thoughts? I played Barboza. I thought that he would be on the other end of that one. I thought that he would. Uh, I I thought that he was going to get the knockout, but then that was my big surprise of the night right there. And that's the one. That one and Michael uh, Michael Johnson. Like 
I was up, I was winning so solid in the, in the fifth, the big, you know, the big $15 pull on DraftKings. I was winning so solid and Michael Johnson was cruising. I was like, all right, here we go. And then he gets knocked out. Like, well, shit, there goes a uh, $400 right down the drain. Because <laughs> this fucker couldn't just watch out for one fucking shot. And I was like, all right, well, Barboza's going to pick it up right here. You know, Gage, Gage is going to, he's going to gas. He's going to get tired. Barboza's just going to keep backing up, backing up. And then, <laughs> Shut the bitch. I dropped all the way from winning like eight hundred dollars to I mean, if if one or two things could have went right, it could have easily been thirty thousand that night for me and then those two knockouts happened at the end and that ended up actually I think I I'm gonna tell you how much I won. I didn't win. Uh, yeah, that was I didn't win shit. I was up I was up big too and then my last three just totally tanked. I won fifty bucks. That's what I won on on the uh, fifteen dollar one, but so I mean, you tripled up a little better. Uh, I did, I'm happy. With, I'm not. I'm not upset with it at all. But still, you know, I don't know. Just fucking. When you're up, know, that, really when wish. you're up that, when you're up that far to see it I drop to, like that, I wanted to cash out. I wanted to cash <laughs> yeah, right. Out. Can we like, just call it good here? My- can I? <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Give me that shit. Before we get I'll to our DraftKings uh, big winner uh, of our contest here for the tickets to the fights this weekend, uh, a final word on UFC Philly. Um, biggest winner of the night, biggest loser of the night, Justin. Biggest winner, Justin Gaethje, I think. Um, he, you know, he was coming off of a couple losses and then the knockout over James Vick in the first round, and then this one over Edson Barbosa puts him right back in the mix. Um, biggest loss has to be Michael Johnson. He was trying to break the top 10 in that featherweight division coming off of a couple wins. And, you know, like you guys said, he was strolling through the fight, seemingly had it won. And then 46 seconds left to go. He's laying on the mat asleep. So, uh, that's my biggest loser for me, the biggest winner. I've got to say, you know, definitely I will, I would, uh, I'll, uh, admit that Justin Gaethje's a big winner here. It puts him back into relevance, uh, you know, in the, in the title picture, but I'm going to give it to Michelle Waterson because I think this gives her the same kind of, you know, that they've got a new challenger now, you know, Michelle Waterson's on the come up. So I think she's going to probably get a big fight. Uh, biggest loser. Good Lord. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Ah, shit. I guess I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kennedy. I think he just showed like just a, a man. I, I, he showed that he just doesn't belong in the UFC at this point at this level. Greg. Uh, biggest loser of the night, in my opinion, would be Ray Borg and biggest winner of the night. Hmm. I'm going to just seg into the. Uh, I'm gonna also say Waterson too. I was proud for her, but the biggest winner on my end is oh, uh, Tim. Or not Tim. I'm sorry. His name is the guy who won our Valor. His name is Taylor J. Moore. Taylor J. Moore. He's now listen. This guy has a. I've known this guy a little bit personally, and uh, but I haven't got to speak to him in years. And he, uh, I, I just I'm gonna go ahead and give y'all his lineup real quick, just so y'all can see what we have working with. He uh, he took. He took Emmett as an underdog. He took uh, uh, Gagey as a, a, the underdog. He took Green, wasn't an underdog. He took Hermanson. He wasn't an underdog. Mearshart, which Mearshart still lost, but still got 72 points. And he took Alex Perez. So he had a solid lineup, and he scored 538. And uh, our first runner-up was, uh, I believe it was uh, Tony York. 
Tony York and then yours truly got third and Justin got fourth. Uh, do y'all make it going or, um, um, no, yeah. I think the rest of, I think the rest of us can, I think the rest of us can, can, uh, can just marinate in our obscurity. Uh, down, down but anyway, yeah. But, but yeah, he's got a, he's been, he's been talking shit since he's like, where are my tickets at? Where are my tickets at? Where are my tickets? At? I was like, man, you just got to come to the cotton Nine Joe a little early on Friday and pick him up there. He's like, well, go ahead and make sure you tell him my nickname. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you his nickname. So y'all be looking out for him. His nickname is the goot and the he goot? wants another nickname, but I'm, the not the coach, the goot, the goot, the goot, because he wants to be. I said you're the greatest of one time, brother. Because you've only had one win. You oh. can't be the great. I mean, I, I was like, but technically, yeah, you are because it's only been one event, and this all it is of all time. But we can't give you that nickname yet. So he's just like, you just make sure you you let him know. You let him know who's winning. He's like, I'll keep picking these underdogs to give you all a chance next time. And I was like, okay. So we'll be able to see him there Friday. I'm excited to see him. Absolutely. Taylor Moore, you will have two tickets waiting for you at the door for Valor 57. Fight night at the Joe this weekend. The best lineup that you could have made would have been Justin Gaethje with Desmond Green and Jack Hermanson, as Mr. Taylor Moore had. But pairing them with Casey Kenny, Marina Rodriguez, and Sadiq Youssef would have put up 593 and a half points. So that was the perfect winning lineup. Uh, for this past weekend on DraftKings. Uh, no DraftKings this weekend. There's no UFC going on. So uh, with that, we will move into our picks and preview for Valor 57. All right, it is time for our main segment of the night. And this is the Valor 57 picks and preview panel. Valor 57 goes down Friday, April the 5th. That's tomorrow. And it is going down at Cotton Eye Joe. We always love our shows at the Joe. It's a great time. We've got a, a big pro-am. We've got four pro fights here. we got uh, nine amateur fights. It's a nice little mix of uh, up-and-comers and, and uh, veterans, if you will. So and we've got three uh, professional ladies fights. Our pitch panel joining us, as always, Jeff Hobbs, Mark Laws, uh, and then, of course, Roy Sanders will be in our guest slot this week, and then Greg is with us each and every week going into this week we uh have our standings update jeff hobbs is in the lead so far for 2019 with a 37 and 12 record uh two behind him greg hopkins is 35 and 14 mark law is three behind that at 32 and 17 and then the guest slot is 30 and 19 so roy trying to pick up some slack where uh David Robbins and uh, Charlie Alexander and the like have uh, have dropped behind, and you're and Roy's guilty himself because uh, he's contributed to that record. Uh, anyhow, um, uh, let's uh, let's jump into it, guys. We've got three uh, Muay Thai fights to open up the, the night, and uh, I'm pretty excited for all of these here. We've got uh, the juniors opening us up under 18. It's going to be 150 pounds is the weight. And it's going to be Jacob Hatfield, who we saw a couple shows ago. He's 0-1 coming into this bout out of hybrid martial arts up in Lexington, Kentucky. He fought his debut fight against Zach Hammock uh, two, two shows ago. Lost the decision, but was a tough kid. Showed a lot of tenacity. Always came forward. Uh, and he, he struggled a little bit with the clinch, from what I remember. However, um, you know, at the same t- while he wasn't able to do a lot of damage in the clinch, 
if I recall, Hammock was never able to quite hit those throws like he was wanting to do. So he was defending that that stuff pretty good, but not very offensive there. But when he had range, he was doing pretty well. Uh, he's taking on Brivin Sullivan, who is one and one, and he's coming out of the American Killer Bees camp in Cleveland, Tennessee, trained by David Robbins. This, however, will be his first fight under AKB. His first two fights were under Patriot MMA with Jonathan Vineyard before they shut their doors. So uh, he's a tough kid. I know that. He, he's fought uh, for us last year in Chattanooga. He fought a kid from Sam McAlpin's group, and it was a three-round war, and he won that one. Uh, I remember him being a real, real scrappy kid. Uh, let's start it out with, uh, with Jeff Hobbs. Yes, sir. Um kind of par for the course for me uh ty rules i'm going american killer bees i'm taking Brivin sullivan jeff hobbs leads us off with Brivin sullivan uh let's go next to greg uh i've actually worked a little personally with Brivin sullivan and uh kid's pretty damn nasty for a young one and he's got some sick kicks and uh i i have to go with american killer bees on this one as well with Brivin sullivan over jacob hatfield um yeah, that's who I got, Brivin. All right, so Greg Hopkins makes it two for Brivin Sullivan. Next, we'll go to Mark Laws. I was pretty impressed with that Headley kid last time. He, he definitely showed some endurance. Uh, like I said, he, he wasn't very good in the clinch, but I don't think he was ready for all that yet. But Brivin's tough, man. And I, I go with the experience over over the, uh, the novelty of it, and I'm going Brivin as well. Mark Laws makes it three. Roy Sanders, will you make it four, or are you going to go the opposite way? No, I'm going to have to make it four. Uh, you know, Killer Bees, they're great at the Muay Thai. Um, you know, I've watched their guys compete, and, you know, I think back to when I first started just sparring. You know, if I was sparring hard, how tough it was to spar with headgear on and just go at it. Like, I hated that. So, like, when I see those guys, you know, I know it's just uh, – short rounds but you know they they have to do such so much of an output that you know i'm just really impressed with their their stamina and you know they don't get tired and they push through it i think at the last show when i fought some of david's guys you know were in tough uh kickboxing fights and, and they persevered and won just because they had him in the corner you know they had killer bees there so i'm going with Solon. it makes it a clean sweep there for the young ribbon solving no pressure young man but uh, four to nothing there. The, the picks panel goes with Brivin Sullivan to open the night. Bout number two, it is a catch weight bout. Uh, Muay Thai rules once again. We've got the uh, Cody Linder is two and two. He comes out of the Striker Fight Center. He is a teammate of Jason Wolf, who we will see later on the card. The last time we saw Cody Linder was at the fight night at the Shed in August back in Maryville. He won a unanimous decision over Jonathan Ace Mooneyham, if you guys might have remembered that one. Uh, he is taking on William Burnett, who is making his debut. Uh, William Burnett trains with Amun Cosme down there at Milledgeville Martial Arts. And if you remember Amun Cosme, he's a straight killer. Um, he said that uh, William Burnett has not competed yet, but he has trained for already two years. And I will note that he is uh, six foot three, uh, so he's a tall, rangy, lean guy at 165 pounds. So it's kind of the experience that, you know, Cody Linder, who's already had four fights in there. He's already been the distance. Uh, you know, he, he's already been in there under the lights. Uh, take on, you know, the, the prodigy, if you will, the guy that has got the, uh, you know, the, the, the couple years of training but and the grooming that hasn't been out there to do it yet. Uh, this time we're going to go in reverse. Roy. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Linder on this one. Um, 
I know you made you know his opponent sound really great, and uh, I know it's he's been training for two years, but you know if he, he's got a win over Mooneyham, I mean Mooneyham's a tough dude. I think Mooneyham hasn't been really training like he used to when it, that when uh, Lander got that win, but I think that uh, just having the in ring experience is going to be a difference, and, and I'm going with Lander. Roy Sanders starts it off with one for Cody Lender. Next up, Mark Laws. I'd like to raise a question. How old is Mr. Cosmay? How old is uh, how old is he now? Cosmay. Todd May? Cosmay. Oh, Cosmay, a moon. Uh, I feel like a moon's in his early twenties. He's in the next fight though. We're talking about his teammate, William Burnett. Oh, I got you. I am skipping ahead. My bad. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Lender. Cody Lender. Mark goes with a known quantity, Cody Linder. Up next is Greg Hopkins. Uh, I have never got to even see Cody Linder fight, but if he's two and two, he's got two wins. I'm excited to see him fight. But here's the thing: uh, I've got to go with the Milledgeville because if y'all know anything about Milledgeville, then y'all know that uh, uh, kid Burnett's probably been through some shit because uh, <laughs> Milledgeville was like the very, very first place they ever had the insane asylum there. And uh, it wasn't like they are today. Back then, they used to just torture mental patients and stuff. So if uh, William Burnett's any mental at all, then he's going to be a little crazy going into this fight. So I'm taking the Mill- Milledgeville native there. He's down his debut fight. William Burnett. Hopkins goes one for William Burnett. And Jeff Hobbs finishes off. Yep. Um, I really like uh, Chase Winder. And Cody Linder sounds like Chase Winder, Linder. So I'm going Cody Linder as well. <laughs> All right, I like it. Jeff Hobbs makes it three to one for Cody Linder uh, to to get his record above 500 and move to three and two. And rounding out our kickboxing portion, uh, we've got a featherweight bout, and this one's a pretty fun one too. Lance Tweedy is making his tie debut out of the. Uh, uh, it is oh man, uh, the name of his gym. I'm so sorry. I may have to start over here. Sorry. Next element. Got it. All right. And rounding out our Muay Thai portion of the card, we have a featherweight contest. It is the debuting Lance Tweedy out of the Next Element Academy in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He's under Derek Kennington. If you remember, Derek Kennington was the former head coach at Fitness Edge. Now he's moved and, and opened his own academy, uh, the Next Element uh, Academy. And Lance Tweedy will be uh, under his tutelage. So uh, he has already had an MMA fight, but this will be his, his Muay Thai debut. And he's taking on a Moon Cosme, a guy who is also, oddly enough, making his Muay Thai debut. Now, he's already, uh, man, I think he's 4-0 or 5-0 and in uh, MMA, and he's really good. He's the NFC uh, champion in MMA. Uh, he is uh, a guy that came up here and beat Ava Mai, uh in one of his early fights in a, what was a fight of the year candidate. Uh, so he's a really exciting, solid fighter, yeah, and he, he's wanting to, to test his Muay Thai skills here. Uh, and so uh, he also is out of Milledgeville Martial Arts uh, there with uh, the aforementioned William Burnett. Uh, Jeff Hobbs, you're up first. Yeah, well, you already said Cosme is a straight killer, so it would be silly of me to go against that. Um, so I'm going Amun Cosme. That is how you pronounce it, right? Amun, Amun Cosme. Uh, for Jeb Hobbs. Now, I got to say, you know, he, he's looked great in MMA, and he's a, he's a solid purple belt on the ground, so he's used his submission skills uh, a lot more often than his striking skills, which he'll be limited to here. So I don't want to make it sound like Lance Tweedy's just like 
in way over his head here. You know, like I said, in MMA, Cosme has show, has uh, has shown uh, a lot of skill. Uh, it's yet to be seen here in Muay Thai. So uh, Jeb Hobbs starts us off here with uh, one for Cosme, and that'll bring us to Greg. Did we? Did we ever? Did we ever decide how old he is? I believe he's. <laughs> I believe he's like. I believe he's. Hey, man, I really don't know, but I, I'm going to guess he's about 23, 24. Okay, yeah, yeah, then I'm going with him. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Greg. Okay, uh, how old is uh, Lance Tweedy? <laughs> I give up. <laughs> no, what color eyes does Lance Tweedy have? <laughs> I think he's a brown what kind of Fritos does he like to eat? Like ranch or like the little twisty ones? Like, not for real. I was just wondering. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, like, I, like I said about the millage bull in the last one, but this is a little Muay Thai fight here. Here we got in front of us again. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember a guy named Lance Harbor. He was uh, played by Paul Walker in this movie, Varsity Blues. And uh, his receiver was a guy named Charlie, Charlie Tweeter. And uh, every time I see Lance Tweedy, I think of Varsity Blues, and that's my favorite movie from high school, and it's my favorite <laughs> football movie ever. So I'm, for that reason only, and the fact that uh, a moon calls Cosme, he's uh, his debut for advanced Muay Thai rules and everything. I think that Lance Tweedy's going to take him, going to take him in this uh, coming from Myrtle Beach to to Knoxville to take him. So I got Greg Tweedy Hopkins here. Goes with Lance Tweedy, and I can I I looked up the ages just for shits and giggles. Lance Tweedy is twenty. Moon Cosme is actually 27. He's a very young-looking 20, 20 years ago, Varsity Blues came out in 1999. Oh, Jeez. Lord. Lance Tweedy's winning this shit for Varsity Blues. He can Google that, but can't see the stream most of the time. Go figure. <laughs> one to one going to Mark. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Y'all fucking Christ. First of all, the guy's name's Tweedy. That makes you number. I'm not pulling for that guy. Cosme is a fucking animal guy. I don't know if y'all caught any of those NFC fights. That guy is a world beater on the ground. He chokes people retarded. And I think he doesn't say they straight it up. I think he's going to put this fool to sleep. Cosme. Oh, All day. Cosme, I'm guessing here. <laughs> Darcy Blues, motherfucker. And uh, that, that brings us to Roy Sanders. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Tweedy on this one uh, just because, you know, I've really uh, got high. Uh, I really like Derek Kennington. Uh, and if, you know, if he's underneath him and started his own gym and he's that, that young, then he's got to be pretty good. So I'm going to go with Tweedy from Myrtle Beach. All right. Two and two it is. Uh, Lance Tweedy and Moon Cosme. That wraps up our Muay Thai portion. It brings us to our amateur MMA card. We've got some really good ones here. Uh, we start off with a lightweight bout. We've got one and one Tanner Poe coming out of Chet Blaylock's IMB, Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia, Chattanooga, Tennessee, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he, you know, Tanner Poe last time out, we saw him. Uh, we saw him. Uh, let's see. It looks like. Uh, Tanner might have lost his last one. Then Tanner, uh, we'll see. Sorry, we may have to edit here just because I'm not prepared. But uh, he, did pretty awesome. he did. Yes, I remember who it was too. Looks like Tanner Poe coming off a loss to Garrett Nelson last time. Yeah, 
So, uh, you know, Tanner Poe, he, he won his debut at the beginning of uh, 2017 in a, a war against Cody Sprague. I remember that was a really fun fight. Uh, he not he gets a guillotine choke over Cody Sprague, comes back in October 2017, loses a, another war back and forth to a very solid Garrett Nelson. Uh, and uh, he loses a triangle choke in that one. So he's one of one now, and it's been, you know, a year and a half since he's fought. He didn't fight in all of 2018. One has to imagine he's been, uh, you know, honing those skills and improving. He'll be taking on the debuting Elijah Gilbertson. Now, we saw Elijah Gilbertson at the last show. Uh, this is his MMA debut, but his last, uh, the last Valor event, he stepped in on like two days' notice to do a Muay Thai fight. And he fought uh, Jalen Harper from Killer Bees and put on a pretty good accounting of himself. I mean, he's quite a character. You know, he looks, he kind of looks like Elvis uh, on acid. You know, uh, he's got like a, 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 a leopard fur coat. The big no, sunglasses. Man. Oh, it's that dude. Yeah, he's he's oh, a character. Dude, well, he, you know, he's game, man. And he put that on a pretty good, a pretty good performance fight. to have stepped in on two days' notice. Now he's had a whole month to get ready for this one, and uh, we'll see what he brings to the table. And you know, he at one fifty five, he was he was a pretty tall, long guy from what I remember. So, uh, be interesting to see how this one goes. We'll start off with Roy. Yeah, I really uh, like Blaylock and those guys. So I think, you know, if uh, he took a year off, then he's really, like you said, he's honed in on those skills, and uh, he'll be looking to, you know, to rebound and get a win. So, uh, you know, I, I remember that guy that you were talking about that kickboxed <clears throat> against Jalen, and uh, it was a great fight, but I just think that uh, most likely it's going to end the submission with Poe. Roy goes with Tanner Poe to start us off. Mark Laws. And may I get the other gentleman's name again, please? The one that was dressed oh, Elijah like Gilbert. Yeah, Elijah Gilbert. Yeah, not him. I'm going to go Tanner Poe. <laughs> Mark goes with Tanner Poe. Uh, Greg Hopkins. I don't know why everybody's hating on uh, Gilbertson, man. He was, uh, he was damn... Uh, he was like charismatic, man. That dude when he when he stepped in the ring, I enjoyed the hell out of watching him. Oh, yeah. He was fun. He's like a little Conor McGregor, like a little Elvis. Yeah, like you said on LSD. But uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I really, I really enjoyed watching him. He was a freaking. Uh, he, was, he was funny as shit to watch. Actually, I enjoyed him. But that being said, and as much as I, I like Elijah Gilbertson, as much as I, as much as I like him, it's his debut fight, and it's a, these are three minute rounds, and he gassed in two minute rounds last time, so. I don't think he's going to be able to stand with Tanner Poe on this one. So, Tanner Poe here. Greg goes to Tanner Poe, and we'll wrap it up with uh, Jeb Hobbs. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that that's who that was when I was making my picks. Um, <laughs> man, I'm trying to remember what funky uh, nickname, too, he gave me to, to call out last time. It was something <laughs> crazy. Um, uh, but, had a tattoo, um, wasn't it? Man, I don't know. It was – it's like what the hell does that even mean? Well, go, hey, um, go ahead and make it. Go ahead and make it four and take Poe. So that way, if, if Elijah wins or if he wins, we can have him on the show next week. Oh yeah, him. he'll probably make for a great guest if he pulls it off. <laughs> okay, well I picked Poe anyway. Um, like I said, um, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Blaylock's gym. Uh, I don't even know why. I just think uh, um, I just think those kids are really tough that come out of there. Maybe not the most skilled, but they just seem to be really tough kids. So, you know, I picked Tanner Poe based on, uh, you know, where he was coming from. Uh, so I'm going Poe, but, you know, back to announcer duties here. So is it Oglethorpe, Georgia, or is it Chattanooga, Tennessee? Which one is it? 
Greg, is it? I, I guess it's technically in Fort Oglethorpe, right? Bro, it's like yeah. on Cloud Springs Road. It's literally probably like halfway in East Ridge and halfway in Georgia. <laughs> so it's like right there on the line. So I would just say Chattanooga. Fort, Ogle- Fort Oglethorpe is actually where it's at, but it, uh, just Blaylocks, I don't know, black and yellow. Whatever they All right, up next we've got a catch weight contest. This one could be interesting. 175 pounds late addition to the card. It's going to be Jake Norris making his debut out of Mountain City, Tennessee. This is a Billy Combs crony. Uh comes to us by way of Billy Combs, who speaks highly of him. Uh, he'll be taking on the Darren Hastings out of KMAA, who's 1-0. He won his debut, uh, seems like two or three shows ago, uh, with a win over Brandon Nelson. Uh, that was at 185. He'll be 175 this time, so I think Darren has lost some weight because he said he was just walking around about 178. So neither neither guy cutting a lot of weight for this fight. Um, Hastings, uh, again, out of KMAA, 1-0. A little bit longer in the tooth than most of your entry-level amateur fighters. Uh, but getting great training there, I'm sure, with Eric Turner and Joey Zonar at KMAA. Uh, it'll be the uh, the debuting Norris taking on uh, Darren Hastings. We'll start with Jeff Hobbs. I wish you hadn't. Uh, I left this one blank. Um, I don't know, because uh, obviously I know absolutely nothing about Jake Norris. <clears throat> don't even know where the hell Mountain City, Tennessee is at. So I have nothing to go off up there. Um but tell it's a big side bag of what you get out of there, man. You know, Billy's brought down some guys that are subpar, and he's brought down some guys that are that are pretty tough. Uh, the one caveat I'll give is this: Billy, like, kind of gave his seal of approval on the fight, and Billy's been there at, at every show, so he definitely knows what Darren Hastings is about. So there's going to be some level of confidence here. Absolutely right. Well, and I can't say, I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but watching Darren Hastings fight, you know, I, I don't know. There's something real just uh, stiff about him, it seemed. And if I remember correctly, and I, I really, I don't mean this in a bad way because I've, I've, I have not <laughs> fought before uh, in a cage and I had to listen to a coach before. So I don't know if it's just something that's just hard. I, I feel like I remember him not necessarily being able to respond to what his coaches were yelling for him to do. Like he wasn't, he wasn't hearing it or it wasn't registering. So, um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to go Jake Norris on this one. Time for a little bit of separation here. Jeff Hobbs goes with Jake Norris. That'll bring us to Greg, uh, Greg Hopkins. Uh, I, like you said, a little bit of separation here and I'm going to have to try to take the pull for the lead here, right here, because I did pick Lance Twitty. So, I went Hollywood last time. This time I'm going against Hollywood, and I'm not picking Chuck Norris's son, Jake. I'm taking Darren Hastings. All right. Greg Hopkins goes with Darren Hastings. That brings us to Mark. Man, it's a tough call. From what I understood from Billy, this guy put more people to sleep than Anthrax in Mountain City. Uh, he He's a hitter. And I have a feeling that he may hit Hastings a little bit harder than what he's ready for. But... Mr. Hastings is my co-cut man, so family sticks together. We're going Hastings, bro. Mark Laws goes with Darren Hastings of KMAA, and that'll bring us to Roy Sanders to close us out on this. Yeah, I've got to go with uh, Darren Hastings. I can't pick against KMAA. If uh, Mountain City versus KMAA, I'm going to have to go KMAA. (laughs) Hey, the numbers would indicate that's probably a safe bet. 
and that makes it that makes it three to one in favor of Darren Hastings. Jeff Hobbs, the loner, on Jake Norris here, and that could be the one that that, that, that like we said provides a little separation or closure for the other trailing uh, pickers, if you will. This next one's another fun. Now, because I'm already two, I'm already two ahead of Greg from earlier picks. That's true. He's he's got he's playing catch up now. He screwed up on tweeting and uh, I. Hey, hey, Bart, he's not done yet. <laughs> All right, up next, we've got a couple debut fighters, and I'm pretty excited for this one, too. This is a welterweight fight. We have got the debuting, the Red Rooster, Odell Anderson, coming out of Blaylock's IMB, teammate of the aforementioned Tanner Poe. A couple more Blaylock's guys to come on this card. Uh, this guy, is, uh, he's another tall one, man. Odell Anderson, about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, himself. Uh, tall, lean, uh, you know, looks like he's in shape. Uh, taking on uh, the also debuting Dennis Cody Smith out of Tri-Cities Jiu-Jitsu, a protege of Keith Olsen. I believe he's a blue belt. I hope yes. I'm not spoken there. Uh, and it'll be both these guys' first fight, so who knows what we get. You know, on, on paper, it looks to me like it's going to be a technical uh, you know your your your, te- your technician that you're used to getting with a with a Keith Olson or Keith Olson trained fighter taking on uh, you know your athletic scrapper uh, from Blaylocks. And let's start it off with Roy. Yeah, it sounds like this is going to be a really great matchup. Uh, two well trained fighters, uh, two good camps. Um, this is, uh, in my opinion, the hardest one to pick so far. Um, but. I'm going to go with Keith, Keith Olson and, and his guy. And I apologize, I just forgot his name. It's uh, Dennis Cody with. Smith. Dennis Smith, yeah. Cody Smith. I'm going with him. Roy Sanders uh, gets us started off with one for Smith. Up next will be Mark Law. I I know Cody Smith. I've seen him train. Uh, don't know about the Red Rooster, although he sounds super cool. I'd like to hang out with him, win or lose. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Cody Smith. Mark Laws makes it two now for Dennis Cody Smith, and that brings us now to Greg Hopkins. Yeah, Mark would want to hang out with somebody with the name Rooster. Uh, yeah, but for real, though, um, as soon as I seen the Red Rooster, Odell Anderson's name up there, first thing that came to my mind was American Gladiator Odell Anderson or that old shit they used to have Battle Dome with the, you know, they, there's like a battle dumb guys, Odell Anderson, the Red Rooster, Odell Anderson, and so I'm taking in this against Cody Smith. <laughs> and Greg Hopkins goes with Odell Anderson and Jeff Hobbs. I, as well, Gregory, am going with the Rooster, Odell Anderson. Jeff Hobbs right. eats it up, makes it two and two for this one. I'm pretty pumped for this one because it's just a lot of unknown. But I think that one of these guys could, uh, or both even for that matter, could uh, could you know make a make a little statement here on the on the area's uh, welterweight amateur scene. Uh, that brings us to our next one, another fun one, man. This one is another one that I think is going to be this is going to be one of your uh, your guilty pleasure type fun ones here. Uh, this is the catchweighted 180 pounds. We've got Colton Dunn taking on James Arden. Last time we saw Colton Dunn. He, uh, he, he, he won an odd one. Uh, it was just the very last show, and he fought against uh, Javin Hill. And, no, it might have been. Was that the show before last? No, it was the last show. Uh, it was an odd one there, and uh, Colton Dunn showed a lot of heavy ground and pound aggression, kind of like, 
you know, farm boy strong and tough. Uh, he's the, he is the son uh, of Brandy Davis, who used to fight back in the cage brawl days. Uh, so, you know, he's a young, young prodigy, 18 years old, uh, just a tough kid. He won the last one against Javin Hill in an odd fashion because Hill retired in between rounds. We never could exactly figure out why because it didn't seem like he was, he was uh, injured. But apparently he had gotten poked in the eye, come to find out, at some point. Uh-huh. In the fight. And I guess they just didn't call that and he couldn't see to go on. Um, now, James Arden's a guy, he's 0-2, but, you know, he's, he's, he's going to come to bang. You know, he wants to... He wants to stand in there and trade, and when given the the chance to, it, uh, you know, he's a hard hitter. Uh, he's got a good chin, and he will put on a hell of a fight. So I am expecting these two, uh, these two, uh, you know, strong, athletic, uh, you know, strong country boy, tough guys to really put on a show. At least is what I'm hoping for. Uh, let's start it off with Jeff Hobbs. Uh, it's another one that, uh, I left blank on my picks here. Cause I'm just kind of, kind of torn. Uh, you know, you got an O and two guy sitting here that was, you know, in uh, a very exciting fight. Um, I'm just kind of overwhelmed last time. So I like Arden, um, you know, but you know, that, that the part of you goes, how am I picking an O and two fighter here? Right. Um, I like Colton Dunn just because he spells his name. C O A L like a piece of coal, um, and that is, <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's very. Uh, I like that. Um, it's very. It's very Spring City, Tennessee. Um, I don't know. I think you know what. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm going out on a limb here with Arden. I'm gonna go with Arden. I think he had a good. He had a good following. Of you know. Uh, group that came with him last time. Um, yeah, very popular. Yeah, and uh, I think he just kind of got in there with the bus saw. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping he's trying to redeem himself and uh, brings his fans back and tries to right the wrong from last time. So I'm, I'm going to go Arden. Jeff Hobbs starts us off with James Arden. And now, and I'll, and I'll, I'll make it known, you know, Arden's 0-2, but both of those losses are to KMAA studs. You know, he lost – uh, to Rodrigo, uh, Rod, I'm sorry, uh, man, um, Rodrigo Gonzalez. No, not Rodrigo Gonzalez. No. Rodrigo Martinez. Rodrigo Martinez. Rod- Rodrigo Martinez. Yeah, uh, who is a who's a who's a fucking bull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he he dropped him. You know that was a war. Um, and this last guy he fought, uh, uh, Stevion Tank Wilson, is going to be another stud. So, you know, he's not been yeah. in there with any kind of easy competition by any means. His strength of schedule is, is much better than Colton Dunn's at this point. Uh, and, and I'll also note that Arden did not tap <laughs> this last time. He just went on nah, to sleep. Yeah. Uh, like, there ain't no, there's, there ain't no, no tap. Ain't no bitching him. No. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Greg. Uh, yeah, well, y'all just, y'all are, I mean, I'm going to stay on James Arden. The dude's, uh, dude's pretty put together. I mean, uh, catch weight at 180, he's going to be a pretty big guy. And uh, Arden does bring a big group with him. And, uh, hell, Team Arden, he's James Arden. I mean, he, he's a really good fighter and uh, props to him. But uh, I think that, uh, like uh, Hobbs said, it, Col- uh, Colton is a diamond in the rough. And uh, there's something about Colton Dunn that, that he has that you can't teach. And I don't think that James Arden has it. So, I could see Colton Dunn losing this via submission, but any other way about it, I'm going to have to take Colton Dunn here in this fight. I'm, I might have been, So did Hobbs take Dunn? I thought Hobbs took Arden. I, I took Arden. Arden. Yeah. I take Arden. 
Yeah. Okay, so you're going to. Okay, so you're going to. I thought you said you're going with Hobbs. I'm yeah. sorry. So, so you're going to Gerald. So Greg, you're going with Dunn. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. So Greg Hopkins evens it up one to one and takes Colton Dunn, and that brings us now to Mark Laws. Bro, James Harden is one tough motherfucker, man. There's no quitting that guy. There's very few. That's my number one attribute for all fighters is that they don't have that fucking quit in them. Some people just don't know how to stop. And, uh, man, he's one of those guys. But he gets this done. Arden. Mark Law says James Arden gets that first win. And I have a feeling if he does that, that he might that he might tear that whole place down. We'll see. Uh, that, uh, that brings us to Roy Sanders. Yeah, I hated going last on this one, just listening to everything that was just said. Uh, you know, at first I thought Hawes was trying to set up Arden as, like, a wild card pick. And, like, I felt like he was more confident about picking Arden than he was letting on. But then he didn't even pick Arden, so I got really confused. <laughs> but um, I think I'm going to go I did with, pick uh, Arden. Yeah, Hobbs took Arden. Okay. I okay. did pick Arden. Well, see, I'm, I'm still confused, but... I think it was Greg I think, that I think it was Greg that got us off on a tangent because I, <laughs> I the way Greg was talking I thought he was going to take Arden too. Yeah, I, I think, him out. I think that uh, Arden's a safe pick. I know he's zero and two, but um, I just think this is setting up nice for him to finally get that victory, and uh, I think he's going to win by knockout. All right, so it makes it three to one for James Arden here, uh, bringing us to our amateur co co feature. This one is going to be uh, this one. Greg and I were talking to both of these guys earlier. We interviewed both these guys, and we're really uh, agreed that we're just stoked for this one. Uh, Emery Norred takes on Carter Beekman, welterweights, both undefeated. Emery Norred two and zero, Blaylock's IMB fighter, former UTC four year football player. He's the long snapper for the Moccasins down there for four years. Wrestled in high school, just a blue chip athlete. Uh, has only been uh, in the cage a couple times, and he debuted in July of last year and fought right away again in August. So he had both of his fights uh, in July and August of last year. Beat uh, subpar competition in Alabama. Beat uh, Joe Booer uh, by second round head kick knockout at the shed. Uh, taking on Carter Beekman. This kid is a stud, too. Uh, he's 1-0, made his debut last summer uh, fighting at one of the 50-50 shows, and he really just kind of ran through Aaron Phillips. Uh, he, he did what Aaron Phillips is known to do with, with some heavy, vicious ground and pound. Uh, got him out of there in the first round, and this will be his first time back. And so uh, he's got a wrestling background as well. Both these guys are headstrong and, and feel like they're coming in to win. Uh, let's start it off with Roy. Yeah, I think this is another great matchup. Um, it's going to be an even fight. Uh, two great athletes. Um, you know, you just mentioned some stuff that really I based my pick off of. Is you know, I think Aaron Phillips is super tough, super tough Amy. Um, you know, he, he just doesn't lose to anybody. So um, I think I'm going to go with, uh, was it Beatman? Yeah, Carter Beatman. Yeah, I'm going to go with him. Uh, I'm going to say... By ground and pound. All right. Well, he has shown some vicious ground and pound. Roy starts us off with one for Carter Beatman. Let's go next to Mark. Well, pretty much echo exactly what Roy said. I mean, Aaron Phillips is no picnic unless you're tie fighting him. If you get him on the ground, he will fuck you up quick, man. And he had no problem running through Aaron. So, yeah. Good on Beatman. I think he gets it done early. Mark Laws makes it two for Carter Beatman. Let's go to Greg. This is one that we, that Greg's not – he's been dreading this one all night. Yeah, I actually have been dreading this one all night because uh, I've uh, worked 
uh, sporadically with Tartar and sent him in direction up to American Killer Bees to work with David. And uh, I've never got to work with Emery, but he is, you know, a native of Chattanooga, just like Carter is, just like I am. So I know both of the guys. And uh, he, he, we got to understand a couple of things right here. Emery Nord is training out of Blaylocks, where, you know, former fighters Ian Stevens is. Uh, you know, Sidney Wheeler comes out of that group. You know, they got a lot to, lot, a lot to work with in that group. And uh, Carter's still coming in as an independent here and uh, hasn't really found himself a home yet. And I think as soon as Carter does that, he's going to be better off. With all that being said, I'm going to take Carter Beekman here. All right. Carter Beekman is up three to nothing here. And on paper, you know, it could be a little bit of an upset. Let's finish it off with Jeff Hobbs. Yeah. Uh, did you say he was the long snapper, you say? Uh, well, Emory, Emory, Norred, Emory Norred was the long snapper for the last four years for TC. yeah. Okay, but just but just the long snapper, not not under center. He was not the center. No. So I mean, so he could not regular snap the ball to the quarterback. Okay. Negative, sir. Um, Negative. Okay. Well, that changes things. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Long snapper. I'm going to go with yeah, with Norad. Um, I think his long snapping is going to be the difference maker here. I'm going with that. Greg Hobbs with another bit of separation potentially here. Uh, he is the lone vote for Emory Norred. Makes it three to one for Beekman, and it brings us to our amateur feature bout. Uh, this one is uh, this one's going to be really good. It's a number one contender bout. The winner of this one is in line next for a shot at the Valor Strap, and they are super nice featherweights. A uh, couple guys were that everyone should be familiar with here. They fought in the Valor Cage uh, extensively and uh, in quite a bit over the last couple of years. Andrew Sturdivant, another of Blaylock's IMBs, uh, foursome that have uh, that are making the trip up uh, 75 to uh, Knoxville. He is two and two, but coming in hot with a win over KMAA's Garrett Sharp last time out. Uh, before that, he dropped a very he, – he he was doing very well against Dylan D'Angelo, got caught in a sub, but then uh, turned it right around really quick and got that win over um, over Gary Sharp. <laughs> and uh, Sturdivant's tough, man. He's a, he, he's very uh, he's very confident, very athletic. Uh, he can wrestle. He can strike. Uh, he's aggressive. And, uh, you know, he's coming he's in. he's got blonde hair. He does have blonde hair. He's got hair. He has Sage North. Yeah, I, I've said it before. He's like a, a small Sage North cut. Uh, at 145 pounds. Um, and then he's taking on an undefeated fighter, though, and Silas Reynolds out of Shield Systems, Knoxville, Tennessee. Silas 3-0. and But he hasn't fought the competition like Andrew Sturdivant's been fighting. Without a doubt, uh, Andrew Sturdivant will be the toughest test yet for Silas Reynolds. Yet, yeah, that said, you know, Silas coming out of a, a, a great gym, uh, Shield Systems in Knoxville, uh, home of Scott Holtzman, Amy Coleman, Damir uh, Farapagovich, Lots of killers <laughs> come out of shield systems, and uh, Silas is, has appeared no different. You know, he's handled his competition as he should in uh, highlight real fashion, and um, he's going to be headstrong coming in here. He hasn't tasted defeat yet. Uh, these guys are, uh, you know, the winner's going to be in line for a title fight. Let's start off with Hobbs. Yeah, um, I like uh, Sturdivant. He, you know, he helped me last time. He uh, got me, uh, got me a win. Um, but the reason why I picked him last time was to bounce back, you know, from that, from that defeat, the show before. Um, but he's still so young. I think Sturdivant's going to be one of those guys, you know, for right now, just while he's young, that maybe can't, uh, put two in a row together. It's kind of going to be up and down 
uh, kind of a live by the sword, die by the sword kind of guy. And uh, I think uh, I think this is just isn't going to be his night. Shield System's a great gym. Always a big fan of uh, everybody that comes out of that gym. Uh, and I like Silas Reynolds a lot. I think he's going to be just a little too much for for Andrew. And um, but you know if Andrew gets it to the ground, and just grinds it out, he, he could win dirty. You know, it's just as far as a filthy, just kind of grind out uh, wrestling match. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stick with my my original thought. I'm going to go with Silas Reynolds. Greg Hopkins starts us off with one for the Shield Systems product, Silas Reynolds. Let's go next to Greg Hopkins. I'm going to go – I okay, I had a conversation with Sturdivant last time. He had his fight there, and I picked against him. We all picked against him, and uh, he made it a clear point that we should all continue to keep picking against him so he can be on the show the following week. I think that Silas Reynolds is going to be a little bit technical in this fight. And here's the thing that you just saw this past week in the UFC. If you get a technical fighter – against the cage and you start bum rushing him, there's not nothing he can do except for, you know, try to brawl back. And I don't think the Andrew Sturman is the type of guy you want to brawl with. With that being said, Silas Reynolds is a three and for a reason. And I'm a big fan of Sturdivant, but I'm going to go over those here. Greg Hopkins makes it two for Silas Reynolds. And that gives us uh, Mark Laws up next. This is my blank one. This was, this is a tough fire here, man. Uh, I think if Silas had either one of those three against somebody comparable, I would be leaning his way. But Sturdivant's fought way tougher competition, fought way closer. And but like Jeff said, he's kind of hot and cold, you know. I mean, this is kind of this is the kind of fight he would typically drop. I mean, Silas is a hell of an athlete, and he's going to come forward. And he's going to be throwing some nasty shit. I just like Sturdivant's born again hard, so I'm going Andrew Sturdivant. Mark Laws breaks off from the pack and goes Andrew Sturdivant closes out Roy Sanders. Yeah, I'm gonna have to to go with Silas Reynolds on this one. Uh, you know, Shield System. You know, we've already talked about how great a gym that is and all the great athletes. Um, you know, you, you could talk about his opponents being kind of weaker. He's kind of you know got the three and O the easy way, but you know, a great team knows how to do that. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, Sturdivant should just take it as a compliment that, like, he's the test that they've picked for, for Reynolds, and I think Reynolds will pass it. So, Silas. All right, that makes it 3-1 to one for Silas Reynolds. And that brings us to the professional portion of the card. We've got a lot of ladies' fights here in the professional portion, and then David Robbins and Jason Wolf. So, uh, starting us off, it is a catchweight bout, 120 pounds here. A couple ladies that generally can make 115 pounds are going to do it at 120 pounds, though. And uh, they're both looking for their first pro win. We've got uh, two ladies, both uh, with three pro fights under their belts, both looking for that first pro win. Ashley, straight up samples, coming out of Athens, Georgia, trained by her husband, Ace Samples. Last time out, we saw her in a little bit of a disappointing uh uh, result against uh, Taylor Turner, and uh, Taylor Turner picked up the win in Knoxville uh, in uh, January at the Coliseum. Uh, samples bouncing back here against the teammate of Turner, uh, the Valkyrie Emily King, and Victor Beth, wife of the Asian persuasion Jason King. Uh, very fun fighter in her own right. I'm really excited for this one because both of these ladies, they're going to go for it. You know, you don't see a lot of decisions on these ladies' records, and, uh, you know, they're both very hungry to get that first pro win, I know. Let's start it off with Roy. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a great fight. Um, they're very evenly matched. Um, 
But I'm going to go with Emily King just because it's the hometown crowd. And I think that if they start slugging it out and going for the finish, that, you know, the crowd's going to be the, the difference. I want to go Emily King. Roy uh, starts us off with one for Emily King, and that brings us next to Mark Laws. I spent an exorbitant amount of time with Asia Nashley after that last one against Taylor Turner, and she was so adamant that next time she came to Knoxville, she was whipping one of these chicks. And she's never lied to me. Every time she says that, she usually goes like a stomp somebody's ass. We're going to Ashley Samples. Mark Laws goes with Ashley Samples. Some insider info. She's fired up. Uh, Greg up. Hopkins. Uh, I enjoyed watching Ashley Samples fight last time, but the only reason I'm going to give an edge to Emily King is because she is training with somebody who has already fought Ashley Samples, so she knows what she's got to offer, and I'm sure they're going to have a plan for that at KMA. So I'm going to go with Valkyrie, Emily King. All right. Greg makes it 2-1 to one for Emily King, and that brings us to Jeff Hobbs. Somebody's O must go. That's right. Um I don't think they would take that as a compliment, though, if I said that uh, in the no. cage. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a draw. It's going to be a draw. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to I, – I, this one, uh, I had blank on this one. Um, I think I even told you in my message, uh, uh, Tim, that uh, I'd left this one blank. I didn't know which way to go on this one. I'm just going to do uh, – I'm going to even it up. I'm going to go with samples, so we're 2-2. Two Two to two is uh, that makes it an even even score on this one. Jeff Hobbs goes with Ashley Samples. That brings us to our pro feature bout, and this one is going to be a flyweight bout at 125 pounds. More ladies. The aforementioned Taylor Turner returns uh, to the cage, and uh, always excited to see her fight. She is uh, one big ball of positivity. You know, for someone that's going into the cage, she always has the, the biggest smile on her face. All the way up through the whole process, through the way and through uh, the walkout, through the actual fight, you know, through victory or defeat, it's uh, it doesn't change. So uh, she's all she's awesome to be around. Uh, she is two and five coming into this one, coming off a win. She'll be taking on Anastasia Bruce, who is zero and one. We saw her in her debut last time uh, in very deep against Shanna Young. Uh, so uh, she'll be returning to, to face Shanna's teammate here in Taylor Turner. We'll start off with uh, uh, Je- I'm sorry, start with Jeff Hobbs this time. Yeah, um, let's see here. I am going to go with, I think, uh, um, it takes two for a streak, right? I think we're going to start a streak. Taylor Turner is going to get, get her second win. She's going to start a streak, two in a row, going Turner. Jeff Hobbs says Taylor Turner starts a winning streak here. It's one to nothing for Taylor Turner, and go to Greg. I'm going to go ahead and second Hobbs here and take Taylor Turner. Anastasia Bruce, she's going to have to prove something to me. She's she's going to have to win a fight. You know, I saw her amateur record, and she's going to have to show me here. And against Taylor Turner, that's a tough task. So, uh, I mean, props off to her because she's facing some top-notch competition. Really, she has. I mean, you don't – I mean, anybody who's going to fight, uh, you know, Shayna, you know, Jenny Young in, in their debut fight uh, – uh, you know, has some kind of fortitude, not testicular, but she's got some big balls to fight her in her, uh, you know, debut fight. And now she's taking on Taylor Turner again, another KMA teammate. So we know what Anastasia Bruce has to offer up there at KMA. So I've got to take Taylor Turner here. Greg makes it two to nothing for Taylor Turner. Uh, I should have mentioned Anastasia Bruce uh, comes from uh, Queens MMA, Queens, New York. 
Uh, so all the way from New York, she'll be traveling down. Uh, and uh, well, up next will be Mark. Uh, well, Taylor Turner is one of the sweetest human beings I've ever met in my whole life, and I love her to death. However, the last fight, I did have to meet Anastasia Bruce and wrap her hands. Boy, she is a fantastic human being all in her own right. And as much as I want to echo what the other guy said, just remember, Taylor Turner is very good and talented, but she ain't no Shannon. And Shannon just mounted that girl, and she had every submission known to man at her whim, and that girl stayed in there. She could have she been looking for a way out the whole time, but she wasn't leaving a way out. She, she took the, that beating. I don't know how this one goes, but I got to lean with who has the bird. smile, I'm going with Miss Turner. Mark Hawes, well said, uh, goes with Taylor Turner, and that'll bring us to Roy to close us out on this one. Two to go after this. Yeah, I'm just going to keep this one short and sweet. Um, like Greg said, I think that, you know, until Bruce wins a fight, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to pick her, so I want to go with Turner. It's a clean sweep for the panel. We haven't had a lot of clean sweeps tonight. That must mean the matches are pretty good. We, uh, we've only This is only our uh, our third clean sweep. We had a sweep, a sweep on the team uh, kickboxing, Tanner Poe, and and now this one. So we've been we've been split on all of them up until now. I like it. Uh, up next is our, our co-main event. Uh, this should be another fun one. We've got a catch weight of 175 pounds, two guys that really kind of want to be at 155 pounds, uh, to to make sure everything is uh, out on the table, this is a same day weigh in. Uh, Jason Wolf, uh, due to his work, was not able to make it to the Thursday weigh in. So Jason Wolf and David Robbins will weigh at 3 p.m. on fight day. So that's why you have an elevated weight of 175 pounds for two guys that would normally be well under that. Uh, Jason Wolf is three and three coming into this fight off the loss to uh, to Jason King at the Coliseum in January, but, you know, he's a big, you know, you know shredded, strong, tough guy, uh, experienced, he's been around, he, he can grind, if he, if he, had, if he can take, make the fight, uh, you know, the fight that he wants it to be, he can be very effective in, in slowing guys down, grinding out those decisions. Uh, he'll be taking on David Robbins, 2-0 uh, so far in his young pro career, uh, coming off of his last win over uh, Deshaun Middleton with a nice body shot. A knockout at the Coliseum. He is uh, looking to make it 3-0 and here. Of course, he's the head trainer at American Killer Bees in Cleveland, Tennessee. Jason Wolf out of Stryker Fight Center, Kennesaw, Georgia, teammate of uh, Cody Linder, as we uh, spoke about earlier. This should be a fun one. Uh, it's going to definitely be the toughest test for Robbins in his pro career so far. We'll start things off with Roy. Yeah, I mean, you said something that was real important. You know, if Jason Wolf can make it the fight that he wants it to be, I think if he can kind of grind it out, you know, take it to the second round, I think this will be a really fun fight. But, uh, you know, Robbins has just proven that he's always, you know, super explosive uh, the first few minutes of the fight. And uh, and I think that, you know, as uh, as Wolf gets older, you know, the, the chin changes, the body changes a little bit. I mean, I know he's a big, strong guy, but, you know, I just know from experience, you know, the older I get, stuff starts to feel different. Um, and the more I've been in the fight game, it feels different. So I'm going to say Robbins catches him with something, you know, pretty early and wins the fight. Roy gets it started with one for David Ruthless Robbins. Let's go next to Mark Laws. Yeah, Jay's a real strong as hell, man. He's one of my one of my buddies, and I usually pull for anybody that we can saw fight center just based on our, our history together. But then again, you're talking about my homie David Robbins. I think if he attacks the legs and he um, and he, he utilizes his strengths, I think he gets him out of there with a 
early second round liver kick left leg. Mark Law is going into detail here and goes with David Robinson. One. Yeah, makes it two there. And uh, that brings us next to Greg. Well, since Mark Laws is going to give specific details about fights now two, with two left, I guess I'll give some specific details as well. Jason Wolf is a big, strong wrestler out of Georgia, and uh, I'm also a big, strong wrestler out of Georgia, so I've kind of got the same body uh, you know, type with him, except I'm not as good looking. But uh, David <laughs> Robbins uh, has a ground game that he hasn't got to uh, oh, yeah. even show anybody yet. So here's what I'm going to say. I think that it goes to the ground Jason Wolf by takedown, and then I think that David Robert catches him in a triangle, and I think that that's how it ends. That's not a Robert bad call, really. I no, think that's no, a very interesting uh, take on things for sure. You know, Jason Wolf could very well be going for those takedowns, and and Jay and uh, David definitely comfortable off his back as well. Uh, so you know, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to catch something if he ends up there, or if Jason Wolf is just too strong and he can just keep that control because. You know, that's happened to David before, too. When, you know, there has David has lost as an amateur by mm-hmm. just not being able to, to find that submission off his back. That said, five-minute rounds a little bit better than three-minute rounds when it comes time, you know, to setting those type things up. Uh, Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, I've got another uh, angle that's uh, interesting here. Um, no, I'm, I don't really. I'm just kidding. I'm going to Robbins <laughs> as well. <laughs> that's another clean sweep. Four to nothing now. For David Robbins, Jeff Hobbs makes it four to nothing. Brings us to our main event, and uh, this one is at an odd catch weight of 139 pounds, uh, so that they can be 140 pounds essentially with the one pound allowance. Females once again topping the card. This is two straight cards in a row. We've had a female main event, so that's kind of cool. And we've got Invicta vet Gina Jellybean Elliott. Uh, formerly uh, known as Gina Begley out of Tenth Planet, Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, one of your pioneers in the area of women's MMA in the Southeast. She's been around a minute. Uh, I think she's a brown belt under her husband, uh, Scott Elliott, there at Tenth Planet. Uh, but, you know, as we, we spoke to her, actually, <coughs> um, last week. And uh, you know, I've always pegged her as a, you know, a ground specialist, a, a grappling specialist. She's going to be tough uh, for submissions. But, you know, she filled us in last week. She's got an extensive uh, Muay Thai background. She's done lots of kickboxing. She's, she's fine with, with keeping it on the feet, too. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out. You know, she's taking on Shamir Kitty Peshewa, who steps away from the promoter's role uh, to step into the cage. And she is 1-0. Uh, I should say Gina Elliott is 1-2. As a professional, uh, Shamir is 1-0, got a win last year, early in the year, over Natalie King in a bloody decision war at the Coliseum. She hasn't fought since then, so uh, both these ladies will have some cage rust. Elia hasn't fought uh, since she beat Taylor Turner, I believe, um, at the show up in Kentucky. So uh, they did grapple, though, I should say. These these ladies had a grappling match in November, I want to say, and Elliot got the win there. Uh, That said, it was grappling. It wasn't MMA. Shamir is confident, uh, you know, with MMA rules that uh, things will go differently this time. So I'm really pumped for this main event. And uh, and to showcase the ladies, once again, we've got three out of four pro fights are ladies. Uh, Jeff Hobbs. I think Roy's supposed to go first. Oh, I'm sorry. Roy. (laughs) <laughs> I think he's totally wrong. <laughs> and, uh, I definitely picked that Robin spot the first. Uh, I was definitely first last time, but, but I'll go anyway. I'm that calm. I'm that calm. So I'll 
Um, you know, I've just got to say big props to Shamir for wanting to take the fight with the person who beat her in the grappling match. Like, um, I think that took a lot of balls in itself right there. And uh, I think it's going to be a great fight. Uh, you know, this was, you know, I think I said this earlier, but this is by far the hardest one to pick, I believe. Um, and it's the main event, so that's great. Um, you know, uh, Jen Gooden has beaten KMAA before. Uh, back when I did shows, I was constantly trying to get her to fight. It just never would work out. I was going to her to fight uh, Julia, my champion, on the VDBD shows, but I never could make it work. But I think that would have been a great fight. Um, and I just think that... They never man, fought, I don't know. They? No. That's crazy. No, uh, they, never you think out. they would have crossed paths? Eventually, you yeah. think? I, I think we used to have that discussion between ourselves, between the shows, just back in the day. Right. But anyway, um, man, I'm trying to delay this now that I was so confident. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think there's something too good in telling you that, you know, stressing that she has the Muay Thai, she is fine with stand-up. Um, I'm going to go with good and an upset. Well, somewhat of an upset, you know, just. You mean Gina yeah. Elliott? Am I saying good and? <laughs> yeah, there is a Gina Gooden, but she's an amateur at 115. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, yeah. Elliot, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. Gina Elliot is Roy's pick to start us off. Up next will be Mark. Hmm. Shit. I'm going Gina as well. Mark Laws makes it two for Gina Elliot. And up next is Greg Hopkins. I think I'm going to go with the Hella Kitty Shamir. Yeah, Greg Hopkins going with the Hella Kitty Shamir Peshawa. And that leaves only Jeff Hobbs for the final prediction of the evening. Oh, is it my turn? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> man, I thought I was supposed to go first. Um, <laughs> hey, Dick. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not an idiot. Uh, Shamir kind of kind of signs our checks. Um, so, um, no, here's the thing. You know, I've followed Gina a lot uh, when she was Begley and not Elliot. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Shamir and my reasons why, or, or my reason why basically is, is it seems like to me, uh, I know it's been a while since Shamir has fought, but I just feel that she's more actively fight training or pursuing her fighting career where it seems like Gina has, you know, she's doing a lot of teaching, uh, working just a lot of, uh, you know, jujitsu, uh, you know, matches, things like that. Um, you know, being married to Scott and as long as, as long as Scott, you know, a long time, you know, gym owner. Um, you know, I think, I think she's just here lately. I haven't seen a lot of activity out of her as far as being a, a fighter pursuing her fight career think it's just something she does when she gets the itch um i think shamir is just more mentally um pursuing her fight career more mentally active um in this when she's not fighting she's still training to fight because she wants a fight um so i'm going to even it up here just make it interesting at the end we're going to go two to two and go on shamir 
Hey, I like that take. It's definitely a, definitely a different take that I hadn't really considered, but I, I, I can see that. Uh, Greg Hobbs evens it up at two and two for Shamir Peshawa versus Gina Elliott. Really pumped for so many of these uh, fights, guys. Before we let everyone go and wrap it up, as always, I like to give everyone a chance to make their call for what is fight of the night. Uh, you know, what, what do you think is going to be the fight that just has the Cotton Eye Joe crowd just, uh, you know, shit in their pants? Uh, let's start off with, uh, with Greg. Uh, uh, shit their pants. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, Emory Norton, Carter Beekman. Somebody's always got to go there. That's that's the shit panther right there. The, yeah, that's, that's got my vote as well. For the record, uh, Mark. The shit panther. Start of that. Start of it, in Silas. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That's one a shit too. panther too. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Jeff. You know what? I'm going I'm going completely opposite here. I think Samples and King, two girls that are so hungry for their first pro win, man. And I think they're going to – somebody is going to take a beating and not give up just because they want that win so bad. Uh, I think that one, if it's not the the most exciting fight, it's going to have the crowd probably more hyped than anything just watching how much heart both of these girls are going to show trying to get their first win. And one of them knows, both of them think it's them, but one of them is going to end up with their first win. I think that's what's going to get the crowd on their feet. Hey, I love it. I love that pick. I love that angle. Finish us off, Roy. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Mark and say Sturdivant Artist um, because I think that's going to be a back-and-forth fight, and then Artist just going to drop him with something. And this one's going to go crazy. <laughs> Everybody's going to be drunk and love it. <laughs> so this is Colton Dunn and James Arden, you're saying? Yeah. If Sturdivant and Arden are fighting, they are going to yeah. go crazy. Oh. <laughs> okay. so we're, all, we're all going to jail. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I like that pick too, though, actually, Roy, because that could be the fight that, that is just a, 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 a filthy, sloppy, slobber knocker of, of a good time. You know, so that's, uh, I like it. I like it. Thanks so much to our panelists for joining us this week for our preview and picks of Valor 57. Once again, it all goes down this Friday night. That's tomorrow night at the Cotton Eye Joe, the world famous Cotton Eye Joe, even in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you can't be there live, you can catch us on flowcombat.com. Jeff Hobbs will be your in cage announcer. Trust me, you don't want to miss that. He will get the crowd hype. Greg Hopkins will be on the mic doing color commentary as well. You can catch Mark Law, cage side, greasing him up and stitching him up if necessary. I don't know where Roy will be, but he's welcome to come if you like. Until uh, next week, I'm your host, Tim Loy, signing off. Valor Hour, we're out. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Coming up on this week's edition of the MMA Report podcast, I'm going to be talking to three fighters that are going to be competing at UFC 236. You'll hear from Eric Anders, who, of course, is going to be taking on Khalil Roundtree. Then we're going to talk to two fighters going to be fighting each other, Andre Sugenthal and Montel Jackson. Plus, I'm going to talk to a young fighter who's going to look to extend her undefeated career, Jennifer Waters, who's going to be part of the King of the Cage event coming up on May 11th. And there was a whole lot of mixed martial arts action this past week that we were cover, including the UFC event with Justin Gaethje, a great fight out of Bellator, and of course, 1FC, two former UFC champions competing, one of them getting knocked out. 
we'll also look at what is the identity of Bellator, answer some more listener questions. And uh, it was a great show, Jason. And, of course, uh, be sure to uh, catch the show on your favorite podcasting app, such as apps as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. And, of course, episodes are always available on RadioInfluence.com. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.